Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jack Kavanaugh, and we're feeling a little bit better now that we've had some time to pass, get over the bruises of the last weekend, and now we are excited that the Lions will be hosting Monday Night Football and It's going to be Halloween, and most importantly, it's going to be homecoming. Homecoming for all pros, such as the one, the only, Glover Quinn. Yeah, back in town for homecoming. And like you said, it's Halloween, so it should be a good, 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 great weekend of fun back in Detroit. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about it. Glover Quinn coming home to Detroit, and I know Houston is also home, but... We're happy to have you back in Detroit. Be on the lookout for Glover Quinn on the Jumbotron, on social media and all that jazz. What are you most excited for about returning home, Glover? You know, just getting back out there and getting around the fans, you know. um, I mean, I had such a great time playing out there. The fans were awesome. Um, So just being able to get back out there, see some of those guys, you know, show my appreciation, feel the love from the city, be back in forward field, feel the vibes. Um, I don't know if I've been – well, I guess I have been to maybe one professional football game since I uh, retired, maybe one or two. Um, but I haven't been back in forward field since I retired, so it would be great to get back there, feel those vibes, those memories start to pop up in your head and – all those good things. So it should be a great time. But like I said, getting back out there, being around the fans um, should be fun. Live off the energy that they've got going and bring some energy yourself in your return, some energy to these lines. We're excited to hear about your experience there behind the scenes, what's going on. So be on the lookout for that. But in this return to Detroit, Lions are hosting the Raiders on Monday night football what are your overarching thoughts on this? Because it's it's so much going on. It's Monday Night Football, coming off a big loss, homecoming, Halloween. That That's four different things pulling at you in different directions. Halloween's probably lower down on the list, but it's a lot going on here. Yeah, it is. And I think that bodes well for Detroit, not so great for, Oak, I mean, Las Vegas. You know, I think the Lions... We'll bounce back. We saw them lose in, in week two to Seattle, and then they bounced back and won four in a row, I think it was. So, you know, coming off a bad loss in Baltimore just wasn't a great game, just didn't look well. Um, you look back at last year when they lost like that to Carolina, they come right back and get another and get a win and finish off the season on a high note. So I look for those guys to bounce back, throw that game in the trash, and keep it moving forward. And then the fact that it's homecoming, I think the vibe, the energy, the city is going to be electric. Then it's Monday night. I think that's going to add to it because now the Lions have been traveling all over the place, showing up at homes and in other stadiums. Now we're going to be home, but not just for a 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock game. We're going to be home for a Monday night primetime football game. And although the Lions lost last week, they still love the Lions. So they want to watch us play. They're going to show up. The fans are going to show up. And like you said, it's Halloween. So I'm sure it's going to be some cool costumes going on that we'll be able to see. 
So I just think it's going to be a great overall weekend in, in Detroit, culminating Monday Night Football with a big win. fans kind of treat every game like Halloween anyways with the face paint and the skeletons and the spikes and everything that they do but Raiders just coming off a big loss to the Chicago Bears in one where the Bears described it as they were jet lagged they were not the team that we thought they were going to be we watched a team on film and just didn't see that so they're on another road game which just adds to the fire for the Lions I think this is going to be a big game for Detroit, especially because even with the loss to Baltimore, we rose in the standings. We're now second in the NFC. We passed the 49ers because the 49ers lost to the Vikings. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, you know, it's very difficult in my opinion. And I could be completely wrong because I've never been in that market like that, never played in that situation like that. But I think it has to be very, 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 very difficult to be a focused Las Vegas Raider player when your team isn't really that good. It's way too much going on in the city. It's way like it's so many distractions and things. You want to talk about jet lag? Yeah. What time do they go to bed the night before? Like, you know, like it's just so I think when your team is good, it's probably easier to kind of stay a little focused because you guys are good. When you guys are not very good, I think it's very difficult. And they got some really good players, you know. I don't know what's going on with Jimmy G. He's been out a little bit. And, you know, Josh Jacob had his contract situation where he's been back, hasn't, you know, really had the same of impact as he's, as he's been having. Um, but, man, that got to be tough, you know. And so for them to lose to Chicago and for Chicago to be saying, like, man, these guys just wasn't the same guys. I mean, I, I think that's that could be valid reasoning to that. So we just hopefully they are that same team that showed up in Chicago will show up in Detroit on Monday night and we could do the same thing. And so how do you get ready for this game? Because Dan Campbell, after the game on Monday, says he takes full responsibility for the loss because if that many players didn't know what they were doing and that many players misexecuted, well, then it's not just one guy or it's not just, you know, something behind the scenes. It's obviously the head coach. You agree with that statement? And how do you fix that? Well, I think the only thing the head coach can really do is probably feel the vibe of the team throughout the week. Right. If you're making that many mistakes in the game on Saturday, I mean, on Sunday, then you are making mistakes throughout the week in practice. Um, so for a head coach, you probably can feel the vibe. You can feel the focus. You can feel that throughout the week that we just really wasn't sharp throughout the week you know we we kind of get to that point to where you know you assume that we'll be good on game day right um but you can't you can't just overlook the process you know i tell my kids all the time people don't get tired of winning people get tired of losing right people don't get tired of winning People get tired of doing what it takes to win. That's what they get tired of doing. The mundane, routine, week in, week out, 
studying, sleeping, treatment. Like you get tired of doing those things. People don't retire from football because they get tired of playing the games. No, the games are fun. They get tired of the Monday to Sunday, the Saturday. They get tired of the offseason training and this. And like that's what you get tired of playing. If you could just show up and play on Sundays, that's what you would do. Right. Um, so I think the Lions kind of got in a little lull and, you know, feeling themselves a little bit. And I'm a proponent of, you know what, those things are going to happen. I would rather them happen now. I'd rather them happen now. So you get those wake-up calls. And you might say, well, I don't think they should have to need wake-up calls. They're human. That's a part of it. You need wake-up calls every now and then because we all get to feeling ourselves every now and then, you know, even if, even if you are – uh content creator on social media you start making one video and it goes a million views you make another video and it goes a million views you start to feel like man everything i put out is going to make a million views like it don't matter what i do i'm i'm popping and then you put something out and it flops that happens why because you stop focusing on what was getting the views and start feeling like you were bigger than what it really was so that happens it's the same thing in football. You see it in basketball. You see it in every phase of sports and almost life. So glad to have him for the Lions early. They can regroup, go on another streak, win six or seven in a row, and let it happen again so they can regroup before they go into the playoffs. And that's exactly how Nate Burleson put it, too, saying, I'd rather taste blood now. I'd rather be punched in the mouth now than tasting my own blood in January and getting knocked out of the playoffs. So, it is what it is, and I don't think it's going to be a let up against the Raiders. A Raiders team that's in transition, it, I don't know how to describe the Raiders because they had things rolling with John Gruden. He gets let go, and then they kind of load up like, hey, we're still here. We were this close to begin with, and now we're going to bring in Josh McDaniels, and we're going to get over the hump, and this is what's going to make us a playoff team every single year. And then they don't make the playoffs last year. They get rid of their quarterback. And now Jimmy G has missed at least two games. He's probably going to miss a third as well. I mean, when are we going to realize, and one of these teams, these owners are going to realize that Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach. <laughs> like, when are we going to, like, when when is that going to happen? I mean, he's had opportunity after opportunity. He leaves one job, goes to another. Like, he always has a job. When is he gonna when are they gonna realize he's not a good head coach? He's not a good head coach. That's like, and I'm not saying that this guy's not gonna be a great head coach, but they were asking me, I was doing a show uh with Las Vegas radio, sports radio, something like that. And they was asking me about Ben Johnson. And I was like, you know what, man? I I I don't know Ben Johnson that well to say he's gonna be a great head coach. Just because you're a great coordinator doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. And we always want to say, take the next greatest coordinator and make them the head coach. That's not always the case. And we keep giving Josh McDaniels these jobs. Why? <laughs> like, what has he fan. done to show that he deserves a head coaching job? I think Nothing. I think Raiders fans are asking the exact same question. I don't think they have an answer either. Do they think, well, 
we got Garoppolo, or we want Garoppolo. I can't remember the order in which it all happened. But was that the thing? Well, he was he was the quarterback in New England. They worked together. They got a relationship, yada, yada, yada. So, like I said, I can't remember the order in which it happened. Did they get Garoppolo first, and then they needed a head coach, and they got uh, McDaniels? Or did they feel like, well, if we got McDaniels, they give us a better chance to get Garoppolo? I can't remember how it all played out. But those two are linked from the New England days. And it's just not working. I think it was, they had the year with McDaniels and Carr last year. And I think the long-term plan was, hey, Brady's a free agent next year. Tom Brady could come play for the Raiders. And then when Brady retires, the Raiders are left in shambles because they'd already gotten rid of Carr. And if that's your long-term plan is, hey, let's hire this coach so maybe we can get this guy. I mean, we just saw it with the Broncos trying to get Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett. It's a bad idea. It doesn't work. Yeah. doesn't work. And then the Jets go and get Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> just to get Aaron Rodgers. And it still doesn't work, guys. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, I, I like I said, I, you know, I'm, I mean, I get it. I get it. Those things have something to do with it. But at the end of the day, this is just my personal opinion. Aaron Rodgers is great. He's going to be great with or without Nathaniel Hackett. So if you feel like you got to get Nathaniel Hackett just to get Aaron Rodgers, hmm, it's probably not a great situation. So if Jimmy G is the guy, he should have just been the guy. You know, if the Raiders are the organization, just be the organization. Don't feel like I got to get Josh McDaniels to get Tom Brady. Don't feel like I got to do that because Tom probably knows. Tom probably knows. You know, Josh is not a great head coach. I don't know <laughs> if I want to be on a team with Josh as the head coach. I've had to work with him as a coordinator. I don't want him to be my head coach. So, nah, I'm not going to join you guys. You know what? Matter of fact, I'm just going to be on the ownership. So now that I can freaking tell McDaniels what to do. <laughs> And it all comes full circle for Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels, and the Raiders. It's going to be interesting to see if he keeps his job after this season. I think the next couple of games are going to decide whether or not that's the case. But they're still pretending like they're a playoff team. Devontae Adams isn't happy because he's not getting the ball enough. And I get that, though, because the way he phrases it is, hey, we, we need our offense to be better if we want to make the playoffs. Our offense can't be better if we're not throwing our best players the ball right and i mean a lot of people has you know negative things to say about that and people have positive things to say about that and i feel like that's just being able to look in the mirror and see like like i was saying sometimes you look at teams and they're winning games but they're not winning in a way where you're like they play against a good team they're gonna get beat right they're beating teams that are inferior teams or teams that they should beat anyway but they're still not winning impressively so you're just like uh, these guys are four and one, but they really haven't played anybody and they really haven't been playing good. So when they yeah. play against the better teams, it's not going to be pretty. I think that's what Devontae is saying right now. We're winning games, but who are we beating? And if we're going to contend against the Kansas City Chiefs, the, Sandy, the Los Angeles Chargers, the guys in our own division, we're going to have to be better offensively. And for us to be better offensively, 
excuse me, um, people, they need to throw me the ball. Right? Like, like I say, people might have something to say about that just because it seems like he's not happy, even though they're winning. But he knows in order for us to get to where we want to go, we have to be better. And in order for us to be better, they need to get me the ball. So I'm not happy just that we're winning. I want us to win against good teams. I want us to be this and this and that. And in order for us to do that, they need to get me the ball. And that's, and that's true. Exactly. And that's the difference between a player like Devontae Adams or someone that is a legit difference maker versus someone who's just unhappy because they want a bigger role. It's like, no, I see the trouble up ahead. We can't compete with the Detroit Lions if I'm getting five targets a game. It's not going to happen. Well, I just hope they get that on track next week. I next hope they don't come oh, yeah, out not this, this week. I hope they don't come out this week and try to feed him 15 times. I remember we played <laughs> I remember we played Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in Green Bay. This would have been probably 2016 season. 15 or 16. Might have been 15. Might have been a year that we started out one and five. One and six. That would have been 15. And we went up there and we beat those guys. That's the Calvin Johnson onside kick, Cresden Butler pass breakup at the end of the game. I think that was 2015. They threw at Nevin Lawson, who was our who was our right corner. We had him matched up on Devontae Adams. We had Slay was locked up on, I can't remember if it was James Jones or Jordy I think Jordy, I think Jordy Jordy might have been gone by that time. I think it was James Jones. But either way, Slay was locked up on the other guy, and we had Nevin on Devontae Adams, and we had some safety help and this and this and that. And they threw at Nevin probably 20 times. I kid you not. And freaking Nevin locked up. Um so I would hope that they don't come out and try to throw at us another 20 times with Devontae Adams because obviously Devontae is a different receiver now than he was. This was probably when you know, Devontae might have been in like year two or three or something like that. Um, he was good then, but he's obviously all pro, pro bowl, big time Devontae Adams now. So let's not hope that they target him 15 times. Could be a long day. I don't know if Jerry Jacobs is back. Um, although I do think body style, I think Devontae is a good matchup for Cam Sutton. If they try to match, I think you would need to put Cam Sutton on Devontae. That's not a good matchup for Will Harris. And that was kind of what I was wondering is, do you put Cam Sutton on Devontae Adams or do you try putting Will Harris and a safety on him and bracket him? What do you do there? But the thing about it is, I, I I think, and this is just me, Devontae Adams beats you underneath with route running. So just because you got a safety over the top, yeah, he's protecting you deep, but underneath you can't keep up with his route running and his quickness and his speed. So, yeah, you got a safety over the top protecting you from the deep pass, but he's catching 15-yard corner routes. He's catching 18-yard dig routes. You know what I'm saying? And now we're committing two guys to him, but he's still catching the ball, right? Now, if we truly double-team, 
Now we're really leaving other guys out to dry. And if it come to that, it may have to come to that. But I think they will probably start with a Cam Sutton, someone who could possibly keep up with him underneath, knowing that they got some help over the top. That would be my guess. I don't know for sure how they're going to do it. Yeah, because if you do truly double team him, that leaves Jacoby Myers open on the other side, and he's pretty good at getting open as well. He It seems as though he was good in New England. seems as though he's taking his game to another level, learning from Devontae Adams some of those releases. So I think that is the strategy. I hope that's the strategy, but we'll see what they end up employing. Hunter Renfro completely phased out of the offense, so no need to worry about him. I think he's wide receiver four or five. Could be traded, which me, makes me wonder... Could any of these Raiders be traded to the Lions? I know the Raiders have said that they're not selling, but after a loss to the Lions, Devontae Adams unhappy, Max Crosby potentially unhappy. Could that be a case of, hey, just stay in Detroit? I mean, you would hope that you could land one of those guys. I don't think they're going <laughs> to trade one of those guys. I don't think we need Hunter Renfro. No. Um you know, Devontae Adams would be a definite if he was tradable, but I don't think that's going to happen. Obviously, Max Crosby would be one of those guys as well. I don't think it's going to happen for Detroit, um, but I, I think they're going to have to do something, especially with the news of Marvin ha- Marvin uh, Jones stepping away and, and taking care of his uh, situation. I think they're going to have to add somebody, um, and I don't know who it may be. Um, I don't know what's going on in Tennessee. I think DeAndre Hopkins would be a Marvin Jones, I wouldn't say 2.0, but I think he'll bring you more than what Marvin was giving you this year. Um, But I don't know if they can get him out of Tennessee. Um, I definitely, I don't think they can get Devontae Adams, you know. I don't think so either, but I can dream, right? I can I, mean, hope, I can hope until Tuesday. Anything is possible, though. <laughs> anything is freaking possible. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure they, they're 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 studying it, seeing who's available, who they can get, who they think, and I think honestly, the timing of the Marvin Jones situation tells you that they probably want to make a move because if you wait to after the trade deadline to to step away or to to release him or whatever that situation was you're kind of screwed but if you do it now before the deadline now we got a spot we got some availability and now we got a need and it just showed other teams in the league that you have a need. So if they know they got wide receivers that's available, they may be wanting to come reach out to you like, hey, kind of trade. Like, what are you thinking? You know what I'm saying? We just need a second-round draft pick. We got this guy, yada, yada, yada. Who knows what's happening? But I think, you know, that news coming out when it came out, I think that shows that the Lions will probably be a buyer um, of some sort in uh, free agency, in our free agency. Before the trade deadline. And that's kind of what I was thinking too. And we wish Marvin Jones and his family all the best. We hope that everything uh, goes well with them and hopefully he can return to football if and when he is ready. But in the meantime, yeah, the Lions, I think they are going to make a move. They kind of have to at this point, right? They 
need because Jamison Williams can't play a full-time role. Khalif Raymond also can't play a full-time role. So you need someone else opposite Amon Ross, St. Brown and Josh Reynolds, right? Yes. I definitely think um, they have to add somebody. Um, I don't know what caliber they're going to add, but I would assume if you're adding somebody, you want to add somebody that's going to help you, right? You want to add somebody that, w- that that's going to give you more than what you were getting from Marvin. Um, and so, I, I I don't know exactly who that's going to be. Honestly, I don't know. But I would expect something. When is the deadline? Next week? Week after? Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday, 4 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would assume, you know. And you'll be able to see, and, and I'm sure you can't notice everything, but you'll be able to see who are potential trade candidates by who's active who's inactive come sunday who's because if they know they're tradable right they're not trying to get them injured they're not trying and they're trying to make a statement right hey man this guy was inactive for this team he's not even playing he's a healthy inactive like i think they want to i think they want to trade him let's see right so that kind of helps the Lions because you got the Monday game. So you can sit back and really see what's all going on Sunday. And I'm sure these guys already know. Um, but, yeah, I would look for a move to be made early, early Tuesday morning. And, unfortunately, tonight the Buccaneers play. And I have zero hopes that Mike Evans is going to be inactive hoping for a trade. The Bucks are still in the thick of this playoff hunt. So I don't know who we're going to get. But when it does happen, I'm going to be excited about it. We're going to be able to break it down. It's just, I don't know who's available. And I'm, yeah, I just don't know. I'm excited to see how things play out against the Raiders, though, without Marvin Jones and how they reshape this offense in the short term, which gives you a glimpse into, okay, if anything goes wrong down the line, this is what we can do to make up for it against a Raiders defense that is inconsistent. They've got Max Crosby and he is just ferocious as all can be off the edge but outside of that there's a lot of ups and downs with a young defense yeah and and you know max has been playing great you know he's been he's been being max but it takes more than one guy you know it takes more than one guy and so i mean it's nfl football you know there's been times i mean i didn't think baltimore would show up the way they showed up last week and they showed up ready to go so I'm not going to discredit these guys. You know, I'm not going to say that they're not this. They could show up in Detroit and be world beaters. Um, But they have had some struggles, and I would just hope those struggles continue on Monday night. And hope for a win for the Detroit Lions. Stay second in the NFC or maybe move up to first, depending on how things shake out with the Eagles. If they get a loss, maybe we can pass them in the standings. It's still a great time to be a Detroit Lions fan. Second in the NFC Glover. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That is, that, that, that is huge. You know, and I know, uh, I think with the new playoff format, the second, the number two team don't get to buy this anymore. Right. You got to be the number one. But still, you get home game after home game after home game. Like, that's – it's not bad being the number two. Put it like that. It's not bad being the number two. 
I've seen teams get that that bye week and, you know, they don't come back the second week ready to go. So I would hope, you know, with the Lions being, you know, an inexperienced, you know, playoff team, maybe they need that first game to go out and just play and, and get the jitters and all that stuff out and then come back the second game for a little tougher opponent and get ready hopefully for a third game and and see what see how it goes so get the, the two spot is not a bad spot to be in yeah get the team up to speed on the playoff atmosphere i think really cj gj if he returns he's been in the playoffs and so is jared goff outside of that maybe cam sutton i think cam sutton had a playoff appearance with the steelers i don't think it went particularly well for the steelers because it never does in the playoffs but i'm excited i'm excited we are building to something special even it's so nice that even after a loss to the ravens where we get beat down so badly we're able to rebound and it's just hey we're two in the nfc we're about to beat up the raiders on monday night there's still stuff to get excited for it's just a great time to be a lions fan man oh it's an excellent time it's an excellent time like i said that's why i can't wait to get out there and feel the vibe feel the energy of the city i know they're excited i can see it all over social media and the different people that i talk to from back in Detroit. So I know they're excited. I'm excited. It's going to be a great time. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting out there, getting in that building, getting around the guys and just just feeling the the city, the vibe, the excitement, all those things. Looking forward to it. Do you have a vibe on the final score right now? Lions Raiders or wait till you get there and you'll know. Oh, I mean, like I said, if you're just going off of history with the Lions, they're going to put up 35 plus. So it'd be hard for me to pick them to not put up 35 plus. They've shown that. Um, the Raiders, is Jimmy G going? Is we don't know up? yet. It's it's he's up in the air. I, right. As far as I know, we haven't got an update yet. Who's the backup? It's either Brian Hoyer started last week and he didn't do well, but the reason he started is because the rookie Adrian O'Connor or Aiden O'Connell didn't do well when his first start. So, so yeah, Jimmy G doesn't <laughs> go. If Jimmy G doesn't go. That could be one of those things where you get a young quarterback, not Brian Horry. I think he's a little older guy, but the younger guy could try to force feed Devontae Adams, right? Hey, you know what? I ain't do great last time. So if I ain't do great last time, at least I'm going to throw it to Devontae this time. And if it don't work out well, then oh well, right? That could be a potential situation, good or bad for the lines, right? Um, I think the Lions would definitely be able to outscore them. We got good tackles. We should be able to contain Max Crosby. So, yeah, I'm going to get the Lions. Oof. I want to go 38. I like the 38 number. 38. Possibly. Yeah. Probably 38, 34 to 38, something like that. And then Oakland, I mean, not Oakland, I apologize, Las Vegas. 
Um, I get those guys seventeen. I give them seventeen. Thirty-eight, seventeen. Lions. And another W for the Detroit Lions heading into the bye at six and two. I can dig it, Glover. Any final thoughts about the NFL? Your return to Ford Field or anything else in general? Man, turn up, man. This is the man. This is a great time of year. Football is in midseason. Baseball is in the World Series. Basketball just started back. Holiday season is right here. It's Halloween. You're right into November and Thanksgiving. It's just a great, great, great time of year. The weather is changing. Not really that much in Houston, but I'm sure up north it's going to be a little cool. I got me a couple of little jackets and hoodies because it's going to be feeling different. The air is going to feel different, and I'm just excited. So I hope you guys are excited. Hope the fans are excited. And let's enjoy another great weekend of sports, college football, baseball, basketball, football, Every day of the week, every night of the week, it's on. But Monday night, we're at Ford Field. We're at Ford Field with a 38-17 win for the Detroit Lions. We'll be back to talk to you after to break down all of the action. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.